What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. A new worst loss of the season every two weeks. That shit comes in the mail like your SSI check, <laughs> like, like, like all the bills that you don't want, like the child support you know you got to pay, <laughs> even though you know damn well you take care of them kids. All the things that come. What else come every two weeks, Tony and Jesse? Huh? Well, for kids out there, you probably get a quiz every two weeks. You know, what else? What else happened every two weeks that you got? I mean, a lot of dirty ass. Paycheck. Uh, 
We met you the paycheck, right, right, right. A lot of you dirty ass dudes out there only clean your sheets every two weeks. <laughs> like, like, what else happens every two weeks on on schedule? You feel me? You gotta fall out with your girl, you know. Every every two weeks, there has to be something that that steps in line of 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 marital or relationship bliss, where it's like, oh, you left the toilet seat up, or oh, you won't stop talking to your exes. You know those kinds of things every two. Two weeks. There has to be something, right? I'm not speaking from experience, fellas out there. I'm just talking about generalities here, right? But man, every two weeks, the Chicago Bulls find a way to take whatever little bit of confidence you might have had in the standard, quote unquote, the standard of basketball that they have set for themselves since the Minnesota interaction, the Minnesota meeting, the 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 Minnesota red code, whatever you want to, you know, cold red, I should say, whatever you want to throw it on, what happened in Minnesota, because that's the line of demarcation, apparently, for this NBA season for your Chicago Bulls. But 47 games into this bitch, they run up on a... Indiana Pacers squad that has lost seven games in a row without their best player on the floor in Tyrese Halliburton. And anytime Tyrese Halliburton is on a basketball court, you know I'm a fan of it because, I don't know, low those many years ago, I don't know, three years ago or something like that, when the Bulls were slated to have the sixth pick in the draft and your boy was sitting right here on NBC Sports Chicago or right here in this city watching the Bulls and saying, hey, man, I don't know. Bulls might want to pair up Zach Levine with a young up-and-coming point guard who could defend, distribute, knock down a shot or two. Yeah, his name was Tyrese Halliburton. Guess what happened? Bulls messed around and lucked out, got the fourth pick in the draft, and took Patrick Williams, and the rest has been history since. Every time Patrick Williams has over 10 points, we, we, we plan a parade. Anytime the Bulls share the basketball with each other, like they know each other, oh, we can't wait. And they, they, guess what? Guess what? I've been sucking into this situation as well, right? Because I'm a man looking for hope. I'm a man looking for, for promise. I'm a man, you know, I'm, I'm on the back nine of life, right? I'm 42 years old. You know, I probably got about 35 more of these joints in me. And I say that, you know, I'm not trying to be morbid, but I don't want to be running around here at 85, 90 years old with no bull's hat on and drooling and y'all just wheeling me to the games. No, I don't want that. Okay? Okay? So I got about 35 of these joints left. And, and all I'm going to do is sit here and have the same conversation seemingly 35 years from now about this damn team. Because all I've been watching this year is watch a basketball team that is battled with prosperity, battled with successful results in game. Not game to game, in game. How am I supposed to come on this pod and talk about the Atlanta Hawks win after what I saw this evening? And we were recording on Tuesday night here at, what, 9.49 p.m. Central Standard Time since you need a time stamp on it. How am I supposed to come in here and talk about the Atlanta Hawks win when they did what they did against the Indiana Pacers in the second half of that damn basketball game? How? You mean to tell me the Indiana Pacers without Tyrese Halliburton with people named Nemhard and Neesmith? Nemhard and Neesmith. That's who they were, that's who they were opposing in the starting lineup. I know Buddy Heald and Miles Turner on out there, but Nemhard and Neesmith. That sounds like... Ambulance chaser lawyer firm 
went out there and nailed free throws at the end of the game against you, made big plays. That Was it the Neesmith and the Nemhard dude who went 0 for 7? He casually stepped to the line and knocked down two big free throws at the end of the game like he had the onions. And meanwhile, the Bulls, here, let me, let me, let me tell you how foolish this fucking game was. The Bulls down the stretch, and I want to make sure I get it right because I, I like to attribute, you know, bad play correctly, okay? The Bulls down the stretch did something against this team. For, mind you, this ain't the Bucks. This ain't the Celtics. This ain't the Nets. This ain't the 76ers. Hell, this ain't the Knicks. <laughs> this ain't the Atlanta Hawks. Okay? This ain't none of them teams. This ain't the Miami Heat. This ain't none of them teams that you oh, well, you know, they got a certain way that they play. And all the other bullshit we'd like to trot out whenever this team lose a game to somebody. All the other, the, the, the other excuses that we'd like to make. I want to talk to y'all about the end of this basketball game. When it was 112 to 110. With 29 seconds left, the Bulls are down two points and they can't inbound the ball. Have to take a timeout. And you know what the Bulls did after that timeout, ladies and gentlemen? You, you, you want to you know what, what, the, what the crew came up with at Gainbridge Fieldhouse? Gainbridge, that don't even sound like no shit you should be losing in. Yeah, man, we're going to go to Gainbridge. It's going to be tough out there, boy. The house going to be rocking in Indianapolis. You know, you can't, you just, you just don't stumble in the game bridge and walk out with a victory, all right, without having a couple scars and bruises, huh? That's what they always say about game bridge lifehouse, ain't it? Right? Just like the old Boston Garden, just like the Great Western Forum. When I think of, of, of places that will make you quiver in your $200 million New Balances or your $72 million Kobe Bryant's, I think a game bridge lifehouse. That's what I think of. After 112-110, a stoppage in play because you couldn't get the ball inbounds. Then to, to a guy that was butt naked, wide open underneath the rim. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout and, and shout out to Stephen No for uh, I'm sorry, Steph No for for, for pointing this out. Mm-hmm. Right, Alex Caruso flashes to the middle of the court. By that time, Zach Levine, who of course is your best passer, <laughs> inbounding the ball. Of course, <laughs> most dangerous man is the inbounder, right? Or the man who wants the ball immediately off the inbounds pass, right? Alex Caruso flashes in the middle of the lane. You got a spread court. You got a, 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 a down screen for, for DeMar DeRozan that is barely set. You got Vooch flashing out to the three-point line. You got Kobe White doing a curl in the middle of the lane. And with all that action, the young boy gets lost on Alex Caruso, and they miss him. They miss him. You know why? Because Zach Levine was looking for DeMar DeRozan because that is the DNA of this team at the end of games. Uh, you know what? We're down six, and let's not even worry about why we're down six. Let's just try to get back tied because that's the way to play basketball. You know how we get back tied? Giving DeMar the ball. And when DeMar has got the ball and if the team tries to take him off the ball, then I'll get the ball because I'm Zach Levine. That's what they were thinking. And the game told them, here's a wide open layup. (laughs) Take it if you want it. Alex Caruso doesn't get the ball to get a timeout. They then go turnover, miss three-pointer, and then turnover in the next three possessions to end the game. And I'm going to tell it like it is. That entire game, it seemed like Zach Levine was unengaged, disengaged. Whatever kind of non-engagement you want to term it, that's what it was. And we could do this whole, hey, man, if you don't get the ball for three quarters, nah, nah. 
just like we talked about on the Bulls Talk podcast with Casey Johnson and my man Tony Gill, this team is going too far in the season for there to be any kind of, well, you'll get them next time, or, ah, well, that was just, that's just the, the luck of the draw. That's the way the ball bounces. Nope, not trying to hear it. When you dig yourself this hole, you got to play out of it. It's 47 games into the season. We're still dealing with this nonsense against these teams that are lesser. And at some point, we got to start coming to grips with maybe these teams aren't lesser. Maybe the Bulls are just what they are. Have we ever thought about this, too? Maybe the Bulls are overachieving. <laughs> maybe they're supposed to be down there with the, the dregs of the Eastern Conference. I don't think so. But the way they play more times than not leads me to believe, oh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, y'all just belong down there. Maybe we should stop talking about this team like a top five, top six Eastern Conference squad and just have them be relegated to the playing tournament in back-to-back years like it seems they will be. It's trash, man. I'm sorry. You had a four-game week. You're supposed to go 4-0 and this week. The easiest game. The easiest game. And don't tell me what the Charlotte Hornets record is because LaMelo Ball can, can go crazy when he wants to. And with this team, all you got to do is stay close to the fourth quarter See them fall out of discipline. See them fall out of structure. Nah, man. This was the easiest game of the four-game stretch. And they dropped it. They didn't just drop it. They dropped it in in grand fashion. You had a 16-point lead at halftime. You spotted them. 16. They walked you down and then beat you by six. Like I said, wasn't no KD on that court. Wasn't no Embiid on that court. Wasn't no Giannis on that court. Yeah, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner walk you down. And shout out to Ben Matherin, because at the end of the game, the youngest player on the floor, the youngest player on the floor did what he was supposed to do. Take the ball to the damn rim. Be aggressive. The aggressor gets the calls. There was a couple of a couple of ticky-tack calls down the stretch, but guess what? They were forcing the action. He was forcing the action. You got a lot of downhill dudes that you're about to, you're about to have to deal with in the Eastern Conference. A lot of downhill young players. A lot of Jaden Ivies out there. You feel me? A lot of Jalen Suggs. A lot of Paolo Bancaros in your face, right? <laughs> you know, a lot of Darius Garland. You feel me? A lot of Donovan Mitchells, right? A lot of Jalen Brunsons. A lot of dudes who are looking to go downhill and take it to your grill. Meanwhile, the Bulls are looking at DeMar DeRozan to take, take his, you know, take the coat and tie off and, and, and show the S on his chest at the end of every damn game. Guess what? The 33 points that he scored tonight was a hindrance. You move that rock a little bit more, Nikola Vucevic should have had 30 damn points tonight. 30. Easy. He had to scramble at the end of the fourth quarter to get 20. He had three, three straight possessions, three out of, I should say, three out of four possessions where he scored down the stretch. In need. In need moments. Third quarter, they went away from him. And nobody's talking about getting Vooch 25 shots a game like he a king damn Olajuwon, but let him touch the ball. He's a willing passer. He's led your team in assists the last four games. Let him touch the ball. Compromise defense. Play smart fucking basketball. Sick of coming on this pod saying the same shit night in and night out when it comes to this team. It feels like the White Sox season from last year. And maybe I should maybe I should just stop. Maybe I should give up hope on this squad. Because all they do is show me at every turn, when the game gets tough enough, and the game asks them, are you tough enough? Too many times they have they have answered no. 
second chance points, points in the paint in the second half against a team that does not have a paint presence. Miles Turner ain't no paint presence. Everybody got downhill and got into the lane and did what they wanted to do. So you're not stopping people at the point of attack. You're not playing smart basketball. And then you're relegated to having two premier isolation players have to play isolation basketball. You're playing into their hands. Any team in the NBA going up against the Bulls say, keep it close, down the stretch. We feel like we can shut down two of the best isolation players in the game because by that point, nobody is touched the ball. Nobody is, is, is in the rhythm of moving the ball. How are you going to look at Patrick Williams in the face and say, all right, well, you only got seven points at the end of the game. Well, guess what? He don't touch that bitch outside of the first quarter. Kobe White had to become a better ball handler so he could put his hands on the basketball this year. And I would assume, I mean, hey, fam, it's time. Forget the Bulls. You got money to make. You got money to make. And with T.J. McConnell, and, and shout out to T.J. McConnell, you know, Philadelphia tough guy. You know, I know he played for the 76ers. I don't think he's from there, but he reminded me of a Philadelphia tough guy. So just roll with me on this. We all know T.J. McConnell, Philadelphia tough guy, like I was saying. Anytime we see T.J. McConnell, uh, this man goes out there and has himself a, a, a Jeff Hornacek, John Stockton, or whatever scrappy white guy, point guard slash lead guard name you want to have. See, look at me. P- Pittsburgh. All right? So he's from white Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm just trying to have some fun with this, man. This is some bullshit. I race home to come talk about this damn team. Clockwork, man. A clockwork. We just we got make it, We were making fun we're of this this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give this team no compliments. None whatsoever. It's like, when you, so, it's like when your little brother or, your, or you come in the room with, like, hey, Ma, I got a B on the test. And your mom like, you didn't fail the last three, goddammit. Get out of my face with that one B. <laughs> you feel me? Now, now your grade point average is up to a point seven. Congratulations, dumbass. Get back into the lab. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, it's so maddening that you can't celebrate good play. They've no. played well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the moment they played well, it's like, you know what they are? They, they, they're the student. It's like, hey, man, why are you cutting class? It's a little late in the year for that. And, and you know, you, you know, you, you damn near close to not graduating. Like, why don't you, why don't you apply yourself, son? <laughs> you know, you, you listen to that guidance counselor with coffee on their breath and you're looking at them like, boy, I hope I don't make you know, $31,000 a year like you do when I grow up. I better start applying myself. <laughs> like, what the hell are we talking about out here, man? You got three all-star talents and a coach that is respected. And that's the next part of this. That's the next part of this. If this was any other coach in the city, and I don't know how Billy has done it, but he's 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 weaved his way into everybody's heart in this city in terms of, hey man, I'm just here to talk basketball with y'all. Like he can't his his post-game press conferences are always thorough and measured and and clear as day what he's trying to get across. He makes it very easy for me and the job that I have in the pre- and post-game show. All I do is quote Billy because Billy is telling you exactly what's happening out there. But the departure for me comes in. What's happening during these timeouts? What's happening at halftime? Why is it so clear as day what they are not doing well 
But for in-game situations, they aren't either adhering to the 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 tutelage and and the and the leadership and the guidance, or or like I saw at the end of the game tonight, and y'all can go back and rewind it and and please do, because I would love to be wrong about this. Go back and look at, if you got it on your DVRs out there, if you're one of these crazies like me who DVRs every single game, go back and go back and look at that final possession as they come out the huddle and see who breaks the huddle early and see what that player says to Nikola Vucevic after the play has been stated. That player looked at Nikola Vucevic and said, just pass me the ball. It's a simple, hey, if I'm lying, I'm flying. Go back and DVR. Go back and take a look. All of my people here in the city locally on terrestrial radio, I know all y'all be listening to it because I be hearing my shit, you know, said on y'all shows. Go back and take a look. It's simple, man. There is a disconnect on this squad, and the disconnect may not be with the players. It may not be with the coaches, but there is a disconnect. Something is happening that this team gets into a position where they are um, playing well. (laughs) doing what they're supposed to do. And then, all of a sudden, it's a Freestyle Friday. It's a, they, a, a cypher breakout out of nowhere. Lunch tables start getting moved together. People start beating on the tables and making beats. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Hey, if y'all don't get y'all ass to class, like, what a, lunch was over 20 minutes ago. Why are y'all still in here making these shitty songs that no one's ever going to buy? Because that's all that's happening. You see these third quarters? These third quarters, they come out and it's as if they did not play a damn near perfect half of basketball. And I don't want to hear about what the Celtics did last year. How they turned it around. Ime Udoka was on their ass from word one of that season and grinded them out till they had to listen. Showed them the results and said, this is what you are when you don't listen to me. Do y'all want to go home or y'all want to go to the finals? It's different. It's different. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, y'all are in charge of this thing for the rest of the season. We're going to find out who the real leader is on this squad. We're going to find out who the best player is on this squad. But more importantly, we're going to find out who lift the people around them on this squad. All the pouting, all the shrugging of the shoulders, all the offense carrying over the defense. That's the other thing, too. Zach Levine's been playing some pretty spirited defense over these last few games. So to see tonight's effort, was very underwhelming. Very underwhelming. It's not like you can afford these losses against teams that you're supposed to beat. You can't. These teams are ahead of you in the stand. The teams that you're supposed to beat are ahead of you in the standings. That's all you need to know. (laughs) The teams that you go in like, oh yeah, we should beat them, they are ahead of you. They have played well enough to this point in the season where they are ahead of you as you are saying you should beat them. Now, if I'm Charlotte, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's party time. We lose a game. We've been losing games. But we win a game, they're going to be embarrassed. And then speaking of embarrassing, Orlando, right there for you. Ending games with 360 reverse dunks, smiling, slapping the backboard, you know, coming to your town, drinking your beer, and hanging out with your women. That's what the Orlando Magic has done the last couple of years. Wendell Carter Jr. has made it a, a personal point of pride to go out there and ball against the, his former team every chance he gets. And the last time you saw the Magic, Paolo Bancaro wasn't on the court. So I don't want to hear any more about trap games. I don't want to hear any more about, oh, they should beat this team. And I know I'm going to say it. So I'm talking to myself here. 
But this is bullshit, man. This is not this is not the kind of basketball that this city asks for, deserves, nor expects. Everybody got paid. Everybody should be happy. Everybody should be playing the kind of basketball that leads to winning. And if somebody can't say it, hey man, <laughs> the Toronto Raptors did only a certain amount of winning with DeMar DeRozan. This is year 14 now. Asking DeMar DeRozan to do this night in and night out or DeMar DeRozan asking himself to do it night in, night out is a certain cap on the expectations of winning that you should have. If this is what's going to be the formula, then enjoy your 39-win season. Still got time, right? Still got 35 games here to play. But boy, are those days on the calendar flying by. We're already at the end of January. It seemed like it was New Year's Eve yesterday. We're already at the end of January. Trade deadline is around the corner. You're going to have this team put not only their fans in a tough position and themselves in a tough position, you're going to have ownership in a position looking at a team wondering if they should sell, buy, or stand pat. The worst place to be in the NBA, having all three options on the table. The worst place to be. And I know hey, you could look at it as, hey, they've, <laughs> they've won three out of the last four. Or you could look at it as their ass should be up four games straight. This was supposed to be a six or seven game winning streak the schedule had planned out for you. You did what you had to do in Paris. You enjoyed your time and all that shit about focusing and bonding and all that other stuff. I don't want to hear it. Because the moment you touched this soil, you came out here and did what you had to do in the first half and you should have put this team to sleep. Forget champions. That's what playoff teams do. The team that we saw limp into the playoffs last year with all those injuries and all the excuses, that ain't this team now. The continuity and all the other stuff that we heard about, some of that shit's supposed to kick in at some point. We have the, the Lonzo Ball conversation is so far gone, we don't even we don't even mention them no more. So what's the excuse? Is it because Gordon Dragic ain't on the bench? Is it because Javante Green ain't on the bench? Cut it out. Eight guys played tonight. Eight guys played. This was a playoff-type rotation they had against the Indiana Pacers, and they lost by 22 points in the second half. Sucks, man. No bueno. Substandard basketball. I've, I haven't seen Kendall Gill that upset on a post-game show since I, I've been doing this for four years now. And I didn't see some stinkers, boy. That Jim Boylan year, that first year, boy, boy, boy. I thought I wasn't going to make it. I thought for sure somebody was going <laughs> to have the, the, the Apollo you know, Sandman hook on me like, all right, he, he's saying he's saying a lot right now. Let's get him out of that chair and bring in the left-hander that can give him that vanilla. No, nah, man, I saw some bad basketball that first year. And for Kendall Gill to feel the way that he felt after this game tonight, it speaks to the offended sensibilities of people who watch basketball and can tell you exactly what's going on. Y'all know what's happening. We, I know what's happening. The confounding part is, do the Bulls understand what's happening? Because if they don't, like I said, 39 wins. Save it a flavor. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hey guys, this is Ozzy Guille, and you are listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff on The Ringer in a Spotify. In more pleasant news, apparently, uh... Someone didn't tell Eloy Jimenez that they're going to burn his glove at some point because this man <laughs> jumped on a Zoom the other day. And, and I, I love when the, when the Spanish-speaking players, you know, jump on and start talking to people they feel comfortable with and you, they just start to let it fly. Eloy Jimenez apparently has told himself and everybody who wants to listen that he will be in right field a lot more than anybody would like to think. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I hope somebody told Oscar Colas this. I hope... I, I hope that uh, I hope that whoever they had slated to play DH or spell him understands they're gonna get a lot more at bats because Eloy, good old number seventy four, the dude who can't stay healthy for more than ninety games, uh, he he is not for the life of not playing both the field and of being at bat in the lineup every day. Listen, man, listen, 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 listen. I I've enjoyed Eloy Jimenez as much as anybody else in this city. Went to the, the Cubs-Sox game a couple of years ago. One of the most fond moments, uh, fond memories that I've had as a fan was watching that Cubs-Sox game and him hit the game-winning home run. And I'm sitting next to my uncle who kind of introduced me to this business when he was riding around, you know, in his first days, the Chicago Police Department and found an all-sports radio station that he turned me on to. And my life was changed forever after that. So it was a great moment having a sports moment with my uncle watching Eloy Jimenez do his thing. But I got to be honest with you, and I don't know how other Sox fans feel, but man, listen, you have not played long enough, well enough, or enough in a season to call any shots on a, on, on, a, on a team that has been underwhelming, to say the least, this last year and a half, especially last year? Nah, Playboy, if, if I am Rick Hahn and the powers that be for the Chicago White Sox, you got to stomp that out immediately. You got to make sure that he understands the plan plan is for you not to run so much that your hamstring explodes or your quads explode or whatever else other soft tissue injuries that we got planned for the upcoming year that's going to have you out for 35 games. We got to make sure those things don't happen. We got to get the most out of you at, at the bat, at the plate. So I'll be damned if, if Eloy Jimenez is going to set any tone in the offseason coming off of the season that all of the Chicago White Sox had last year. You sign Andrew Benintendi, cool. Still shocks me that that's the largest price tag or the largest dollar amount this <laughs> this franchise has doled out is $75 million. But okay, I'm rolling, right? Y'all telling me he's the, the best left fielder in the game glove-wise? And, you know, when it comes to the plate, he's the best left fielder in the game glove-wise. And Luis Robert, you know, you got the Panther out there in the, in, at center who's going to play, you know, his 90 to 110 games this year. No, nobody's calling any shots. And then he also spoke on leadership. He was asked about leadership in the clubhouse. And after Jose Abreu's departure, who would be the leader and who, who he thought that person was? And he said nobody. <laughs> he said he can't think of a person, which to me is both funny and scary as shit. 
<laughs> that, that the one of the best players, one of the foundational pieces in your franchise, is, it was given time to think, hey man, who's who's the leader in this clubhouse? Now, mind you, if you was messy, you could say, that's a shot at Tim Anderson if I've ever seen one. <laughs> because Tim Anderson three years ago, was rebranded the new face of Major League Baseball. And, of course, you had the, the Iowa cornfield game and everybody was going crazy about the game-winning home run and him celebrating and him leading league in hits and calling him Little Ricky, you know, shout out to Ricky Henderson, all that stuff. And then the Josh Donaldson thing happened and and then the, the other stuff happened and, and then the wrist happened and he didn't come back and – you're like, okay, maybe next year, Tim. Apparently, Eloy is like, yeah, maybe next year, Tim, as well. That's crazy as hell to me. <laughs> you can't even make up an answer, dude. Like, you can't, you can't pretend. Yeah, like, all right, the pitching side. I'm not going to lie, so. Uh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever, let me, let me ask y'all this. Have you ever heard, <laughs> don't lie to me? <laughs> preface her question and thought to yourself, man, I'm in a good position right here. <laughs> like, no man has ever heard, don't lie to me, and then get asked the question and say, mm, you know what? I think now's the best time not to lie. <laughs> like, make something up. Make something up, Eloy. We got a team full of leaders. Right. Uh, you know, we there all will step up and, and fill there in the void that, that, that Jose has, uh, has left. Or, or you can go the Jimenez route and say, we ain't got none. <laughs> we'll see what happens this, this season. <laughs> We're playing it by ear. <laughs> Some days it'll be nobody. <laughs> uh, White Sox fans, I don't know about y'all, but this offseason has been thrilling. You got Sox Fest that got canceled because you got a whole bunch of people running around that organization scared as shit. Okay, they they limited media availability. I know y'all ain't coming on this little Ricky Dink podcast. I understand. I know y'all running until y'all win something, and then y'all can puff out y'all chest and act like y'all did something. I know the play. I know the play. I've been watching the play for a decade and a half now. Okay, well, we get to slide blame from one side to the other. Is it Kenny? Is it Rick Hahn? It's everybody. It's everybody. And then coming into this season, oh, by the way, Mike Clevenger, Okay, that's, that's just my man's name, right? Mike Clevenger, right? The, the pitcher. This man is now being investigated for domestic, a domestic incident where there is a 10-month-old child involved. So there you have it. <laughs> White Sox. White Sox. Go, go, White Sox. And maybe they were smart to, to not have a Sox convention this year so they can hide until spring training when they've doctored up all the answers and prepared everybody and media trained everybody and got everybody, you know, prepared to answer the questions as, as savvy as they possibly can. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You got dudes telling, talk about what they, what they not going to do with a new manager in tow at that. Like, did you talk to PDG about this? Does, does Pedro Grifo know about your 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 time that you're gonna spend in right field, Eloy? I will not accept did, it, bro. Bro, he said, I will not accept it, bro. Like, I don't know about you, but taking a look around, like, have y'all been listening to some of these pods? Like, where is the joy coming from in this city when it comes to sports right now? Like, the Bears keep hiring brothers, so that's keeping us afloat. That's making us feel good about this. <laughs> You know, the Bulls out here twiddling their thumbs. 
And then you got the White Sox like, hey, y'all, y'all forgot how depressing we were. <laughs> Let me just remind you real quick. <laughs> Let's get the slugger out there who Hold my needs. beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> just come on, dog. This is absolute foolery. Absolute foolery. Meanwhile, Cubs convention looking sparkling. Everybody's having a great time on all those panels. Kids are getting their autographs signed and hair ruffled. And you know what I mean? They, they had themselves a good second half of the season. People were like, oh, you know, the Cubs might be, might back, be back in this thing, you know? And God rest the dead, our guy Lynn Bramer, right? Shout out to, to our guy Lynn Bramer. Watch, watch the Cubs go have a magical season, right? And, and Lynn watching over all of it. Like, this is, you can't make this shit up. You cannot script this. You can't write this. The last thing I thought I was going to have to talk about coming in here today was that Eloy Jimenez sat down on a Zoom and said to the, hey, by the way, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I'm going to be playing right field. Not left. Not left. Because, not the you know, they right, I, I, right, want the right. more, I want one of the more difficult. <laughs> well, you have to throw and run. Yeah. <laughs> Feel good up out of here, <laughs> for, for, Boy, When I first heard that, I was like, for, for who team? Right, right. <laughs> for and who now, team? You, this is you the conversation leave, that we... You, you're not that hey, nice. You can Tony, leave, we, sir. Tony, this is the conversation we're getting ready to have. I already told you, we're turning this bitch up after episode 200. This is the conversation we're getting ready to have. We In this city, we got to start being really real about What's going to yield you a championship and what's just going to make you feel good about not winning at a higher level, right? There are certain players that make you feel good about, oh, okay, well, they didn't win it this year, but you still got 30 home runs and 95 RBI out of this guy. The problem is my man don't stay on the field long enough to get you those 35, 30 home runs that you've been promised since the moment he was traded for Jose Quintana. The moment. Sox fans laughing at the trade. Ah, 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 yeah, it was a bad trade for them. It was a bad trade. Jose Quintana never got back to the form that we saw when he was traded from the White Sox to the Cubs, bounced around with the Pirates, kind of figured it out here, I think, in this last year or so. But he won't be the guy that, that you know, was traded for Eloy Jimenez ever again. But if you really want to take a look at it, Eloy Jimenez has given us some really, really great moments, like in bursts. Right? Where he'll carry the team for a week or so. But the thing, if Eloy Jimenez was to stop being a Chicago White Sox right now, we had to summarize his career. It would be about running into injuries, running into fences, having a ton of power, being a, a goofy big kid more times than not in the dugout, and missing games. And missing games. You give me the stars that have fulfilled their potential while in the tub. Or on the training table. So, yeah, that decision's coming up here, too. Talking about what you will not accept and all this other shit. Man, please. Only winners. Only winners can set the table that way. And nobody in that franchise right now, and I mean nobody, could come out talking that. None of them. None of them. Everybody on that team has got to take it back to the drawing board. So, hell of a way to start. This spring training coming up here in about a month and a half or so. And, of course, we will keep you guys up to date on what's going on with the Mike Clevenger situation because you, you never want to see those kinds of allegations and, more importantly, you never want to have them happen to anybody. So we'll see what's going on with that. We'll keep you guys updated. But, you know, White Sox fans, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> here comes another season. 
some commercials. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. Sick of this shit. Sick of these teams in this goddamn city ruining my fucking night every night. You know? And you fucking, and then you got Jesse's ass on here with his fucking 49ers, 49ers love yeah. and all that bullshit. You know what I mean? Seventh round picks leading the way to fucking <laughs> NFC championship game. These type of motherfuckers running around. And you got t- uh, this fucking Hey, city. Lakers just traded for Rui Hachimura. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Come on. Exactly. You got motherfuckers in this city looking at Justin Fields like, I don't know. Meanwhile, motherfuckers in the <laughs> Bay are making Brock Purdy statues. <laughs> and motherfuckers act like they don't think people need help. Kidding me? Brock Purdy was getting his ass whooped at Iowa State. All of a sudden, mm. he's 49 and now he didn't win seven fucking games in a row. A coincidence? <laughs> like, I don't know. Conference champion quarterback right there. Yeah. Never take that away from him. Nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> hey, and you're about to be you're about to be a Super Bowl appearing quarterback right there. Yep. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Eagles. You think mm-hmm. I, I have no idea how this game is gonna turn out. Like I hope the Niners win, obviously, but I, I just think it's gonna be like a good one. I um, this, this gotta it's be like the, the per- perfect four teams. Like it's it, <clears throat> For how that, ass the season has been, yeah, I'm glad it got teams. down to these four. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it got, and you know what? I think it got down to the best four too. Oh yep. yeah, he's the best four like, in, in the league. 100. Yeah, 100. Mm-hmm. This shit turned into basketball real quick on the NFL <laughs> mm-hmm. for real. It did. I mean, mm-hmm. look at it. The 49ers like don't matter who the fuck back there. Our team is good, right? The Eagles mm-hmm. did the same shit. It just Jalen Hurts had a little bit further to go, right? So they didn't know if they. You know, they, they didn't know if they made a mistake after Carson Wentz or not. And then panned out, drafted a guy, fucking traded for A.J. Brown. You put the best defensive line along with the best offensive line on the field, and you go out there and mob on people, right? I mean, and then you got the Bengals. Hey, as long as that motherfucker's at quarterback, you could do, you know, we're going to be all right mm-hmm. if we put Burrow on every hook. <laughs> like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. Hey, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. And an offensive line that is good enough. Defensively, you know, you got Eli Apple out here talking shit. You feel me? Like That's so I, crazy. That's yeah. what I, but, you know, you got a scheme and you got a way of doing things. You could always revert to it in the toughest times. That's why I look at these teams in this fucking city where it's like, oh, look at the talent here. Look at, guess what? When the talent ain't producing, do you have something in you or on that team that says, you know what? We done been through these tough times. It'll get us back to the talent prevailing, but we mm-hmm. gotta we gotta play it like this. Football, basketball, baseball are the same way. It's not, like, not, we gotta it's play not it like dudes. this. Nah. It's not enough. It's not enough dudes in the city. Say, I, I'm not. I don't want to lose. I'm not losing today. I don't feel like That's losing it. today. That's it. There's not one person in any of these teams that that can do that in Chicago. That's it. That's it. And until until the kid, you know, at at, at, at Alice Hall. Get some people around him, you know. We, that's all we're waiting on. That's all we're waiting on. And, and even even now, like, <clears throat> you know, there's still enough question, uh, even for the most ardent of Justin Fields supporters, which I am. There's still enough question that you're like, okay, still got to see it. And when you do finally get all those people, because it's not going to happen in one offseason. 
So when you do get all those pieces and you find out what works and what doesn't work, and on top of it, like, you know, <laughs> like Ryan Pohl is the same dude who stared Roquan Smith in the face and said, we could do better without you, right? Same dude who, who made the call and said, yeah, Chase Claypool for what essentially is an end of the first round pick, right? So all the cap space, all the money, all the, all the you know, the draft capital with the number one pick, still got a hit, still got a hit. You don't just get a, to magically just put a dude in just because you got that 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 you know that slot. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, actually getting a chance to see what that dude is because Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are taking teams <clears throat> that if they had replacement level quarterbacks would be eight and nine squads, you know, somewhere around there, seven and 10 squads. Patrick Mahomes went out there and threw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards without Tyree Kill. Like, and Joe Burrow, he talked that shit because he could walk it, right? Like everything that Johnny Manziel and Baker Mayfield were supposed to be, this dude is, this dude is, Right. It's cool to be the quarterback to hang out with the brothers and that you know listens to the music and has the sands and all that. Go out there and fucking win, no. Right? And it's not like he's having these 485-yard performances where six touchdowns and one pick. But please believe, second half, close and late, there ain't many people that you're going to pick over him. And we, what, three years into his career now? Mm-hmm. And this is after a major knee injury. This is after you've learned something about your, your player. Like, you don't really learn shit about any NFL player until their first injury, until their first real injury. And then you go, okay, now what do you have to play with, right? Patrick Mahomes is out there playing on one fucking leg against the Jaguars and still beat him, still dotting him up. Still beat him. That was so insane. Still hollow. It was amazing. That's You know what I liken it to? The, the Isaiah Thomas Lakers game. Mm-hmm. When Isaiah twists his ankle up in an ankle that nobody, no trainer in today's sporting world would put that man back out on the court. And he hobbled his ass up and down the court and was actual factor in that game at the end of it. And anytime I saw him talk about it, I saw him crying because he knew what he went through that entire rest of that game. And also his legacy and how people feel about him. You know, Patrick Mahomes is out there forcing people to put him back in the game. Even though Chad Henney, what, was a 12-play, 98-yard drive? He, hey, they could have been like, hey, man, we'll run the ball. Hopefully our defense will slow them down. We'll take this thing back to the lab. Hopefully they get you to an AFC championship. Play. The first play, Chad Henney, from the two, yeah. there was a pass. Yeah. Don't change any. And that's what I'm talking about. Guys may come and go. How do you play? Because if you play a certain way, your players, it's, you press and play on it. Like, it's, it's, it's by default. Okay, this is what we're going to do. I know number four is back there instead of number 15, but this is just how we play. And, and we're not about to stop playing how we play. That's, that's why I look at the Bulls. That's why I look at the White Sox. And I look at some of these other squads. It's like, hey, man, you wonder why you keep bumping your fucking head? Because there's no way that you play. There's no, I, Steve Clifford. 20 games ago, said this about the Charlotte Hornets, and I keep reverting back to it. I think it might be one of the most important things that I've heard this year. And it can, it's not just applicable to basketball, but it's applicable to life. Like, all you're doing an entire regular season is building out how you're supposed to play. All right? The opponents change. 
And it ain't like a playoff series, so you're going to have to scout for different things. So all you're doing is building out, okay, this is how we're going to handle a trap. This is how we're going to handle a zone defense. This is how we're going to handle when we're down five with two minutes left and we got certain lineups out here. This is how we're going to play the pick and roll. And by the end of the 82-game season, hopefully you've won enough to put you in position that that entire build-out could come together and then you could just place that on the floor in the playoff situations and go, this is how we're going to play. You may have better players than us, but I promise you our build-out is sound enough that it's going to keep us in this game. And then the talent that we had to get us here to this playoff point is going to get us over the top. The problem is with these subpar, substandard teams is that there is no build-out. So if you're relying on talent night to night to night, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. You get game-winning shots. You get moments where it's like, damn, he scored 45. Or damn, he rushed for 155 yards and two touchdowns from the quarterback spot. But can you count on that every night? I only want to have to press that button when I have to. Having to press that button is the difference between real teams and, and teams that are just pretending. And that's the problem that I have. Too many of these teams in this city don't have a build-out of how they're going to play. It's what happens when you poach from other people's franchises. It's what happens when you have to make up for bad draft picks and, and sign over things. You're like, okay, well, we don't have a left guard because we, we drafted poorly, so now we have to go sign somebody's left guard who's already been injured several times, and we have to trust that medical staff for the team that he's coming from, and we have to trust that his injury's not going. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have in the stable a way that you played understanding of your personnel and going forward and saying, all right, this is our core six or seven dudes, and we know exactly what the build-out of their game is. We know where we're going. The boring teams are the, like, people talk about San Antonio and New England and how boring those dynasties were. I bet you they weren't boring for them fan base. You know why? Because they knew at a certain point in the game, certain point in the season, and especially certain points in the playoff run, all you were going to have to do is go, it's the build-out of the team. I know they're down by five right now, but they're going to turn the defensive screws up, and next thing you know, Manu, Tony, and, and Tim going to be out here running y'all ass off the court. Nothing was more evident to me that the most dominating finals I think I have seen in the last 20 years, the last 20 years, is what the Spurs did to LeBron as a 22-year-old. It was a feat to watch that dude take that team at that age, to the NBA Finals, and then to watch Greg Popovich say to his team, this is what we're going to do. We're going to beat the shit out of them, and they got arguably the greatest player, getting ready to be the greatest player in the world on their team. If That was his arrival. Like, the NBA was waiting for this moment. Hey, San Antonio, it's been real, but we got, we got the flash that's coming in here. The phenom is coming in here. The box office is coming in here. He's getting ready to take this thing over, and he did it three years in. Oh, we about to party. Greg Popovich and them boys looked at that and laughed. They had a build-out. They know exactly what to do against dudes like that. Yeah, you might they, be they one of the greats of all time. You goddamn right they did. I thought that you was goddamn worse. Right. <laughs> I thought that was worse. The reason why the Miami... Uh, I think finals wasn't worse to me was because what that Cleveland Cavaliers team did. And, you know, sometimes it's just the moment where it's like, oh, yeah, this is year. Right. Like, for instance, Cam Newton, when he won the MVP. Right. And they got to the Super Bowl. And it's like, man, this 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 the, the season has been about this dude. And what happened? They went in there against the Broncos and the Broncos beat the shit out of him. They beat the hell out of Cam Newton. 
got to him, hanging off him. Vaughn Miller was, he was wearing Vaughn Miller the whole game. And in the moment where it was time to decide and that ball was on the ground, Cam Newton made the decision that he wanted to stop wearing Vaughn Miller the entire game. And it was a pivotal moment in the game. The build-outs matter. You can have all the talent in the world, bro. Have you built out your game for the entire regular season for this moment? Or have you been hanging on by a thread? Look at the Vikings. They won 11 games by one score this season. Is it coaching? Is it talent? Can't put your finger on it, right? Because they didn't have a build out. Were they going to beat you by the run? Are they going to beat you just throwing, uh, you know, exclusively to Justin Jefferson? In a moment on fourth and eight, they throw a three-yard out to TJ Hawkinson, who they had just acquired four weeks prior, instead of the offensive player damn near of the year in Justin Jefferson. If you don't have a build-out on how you're going to do things in the toughest moments, all that talent shit does not matter. So that's why I'm hard on the Bulls. That's why I'm hard on the White Sox. That's why I'm hard on the Bears. Because when we see things that ain't right, we like to tuck them away and go, okay, well, you know, you could overplay it. You could, you could, you know, out-talent that, that decision or out-talent that, um, that moment. But what happens when you can't out-talent it? Huh? Like, you got to punch the clock every day to get that check, right? You don't just show up one day and just be cold, and then the next two, you know, two weeks, you're like, all right, I can, I can do whatever. That build-out of that game matters for champions. And until these teams in this city have some kind of build-out, some kind of culture, and some kind of development, then all you're going to see is these one-off years where we get to celebrate or get close. I want sustainable success for every team in this city. Every single team in this city. Until that happens, you know, this is what it's going to be like. The full goal with Jason Goff. That's all the time we have for episode 201 of the Full Go Podcast. We, we are dancing into the second installment of this thing. want to thank our production staff as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. At this point, Steve Cerruti is just, you know, one of these dudes who's got a no-show gig that he got, you know, from a, a great uncle of his. And, you know, he's just, you know, he's just getting checks now. Like, we haven't seen Steve smiling face in forever. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he had a kid. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He had a, he had a family that he started to take care of. Or I said starting as if he wasn't doing it before. So I'm just going to thank him for being a part of the show before I mangle that man's reputation or name anymore. Shout out to Steve Cerruti. We love you, brother. Uh, as always, the active Jesse Lopez and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thank you for downloading this thing. Thank you for rating and reviewing it. Of course, you're giving it five stars because you know better. If not, I'm going to see you in these streets and we're going to have some problems. Thank you for uh, subscribing to it, sharing it with your family and friends. Whatever you do for this pod, we truly, truly appreciate it. And thanks for coming up to me. You know, all you randos in the street, you know, running up on a player when he's, you know, just in the grocery store or, you know, at the men's room in the theater, which is always interesting. Um, yeah, just saying, hey, I enjoy the pod. Me saying, thanks. I appreciate you. So keep on enjoying this pod. We will holler at you on Thursday. Uh, we, we got more Bulls conversations to have. And we'll get you ready for the best weekend, or one of the best weekends in sports, AFC, NFC Championship weekend, Eagles 49ers, Bengals versus Chiefs. We'll get you ready with a couple of previews there. Hopefully, we'll have some people on to talk about it. We'll see what happens. Uh, as always, 773-359-3103 is the full go voicemail line. It is always open for you to uh, 
profess your sorrows, your cares, your misgivings, whatever you're feeling about the Chicago sports scene or life or music or pop culture. It's right there for you, unfiltered and uncensored. So until Thursday, we catch you again. Uh, it'll be episode 202. Looking forward to that. Um, you know, as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe. We'll highlight you on Thursday.